0: Hey, good morning, Christ Church. It is a amazing privilege to be with you in worship today. I'm Dan Meyer, senior pastor here at the church. And wherever you are this morning, uh, please know just how cherished you are and how glad we are that you could be part of this great circle. I want to say a warm welcome to those of you who are joining us in person at our Oak Brook campus. Uh, You strengthen us by your presence here today. And also those of you sitting in homes today, man, what a a gift you've made to us by being with us today. We have got a wonderful service planned for you. Uh, We have some time to pray together, to sing to God's praises and be inspired by wonderful music. We're gonna tell some stories and reflect on God's word. And you're gonna walk out at the end, I think, with a clearer picture of the trail ahead of us uh, into this season, which we hope will be one of great thriving. If you're joining us online, we wanna encourage you to take advantage of the chat feature. Say hello to some of the other folks that are joining with you today. Uh, maybe let us know a little bit about yourself and uh, share a prayer request or an inquiry of any kind. The hosts that are there are there to serve you and we'll be so happy to interact uh, as you feel led. So let's just open our hearts, and if I could ask you to do just one thing as we get to ready to go into the service today is invite God to do what he will do for good in you. Let's worship him as we rise together to sing.
1: Let's worship him together. Let's put our hands together like this.
2: It's your heart we're searching for thing. Sing that.
1: have a seat and if we haven't had the chance to meet before my name's Tony and like Dan said just so grateful that you chose to spend some time with us this morning I'd invite you right now we're going to continue in a spirit of worship and I just invite you to take a moment and allow yourself to be fully here so I'd like to just guide us through something simple that I find helpful for me and you'll maybe find helpful for you too um, if you're able, first, I just invite you to put your feet flat on the floor. and Just feel yourself sink into the chair that you're in. And if you're comfortable, just go ahead and close your eyes. and Take a breath. We're coming together again after another week of life. The highs and the lows, the challenges, the joys, the fears, the frustrations. So I want you just, right where you're sitting, whether you're in this room or with us at home, I wonder if there's one word that you would describe the week that you've had with. And my only rule is that it has to be honest. The honest word that you would use to describe your week. And when you've got it, my invitation to you is to pray a simple prayer that says, God, I invite you fully into my, and there's your word, week. God, I invite you into my frustrating week. I invite you into my tiring week, my boring week, my exciting week, my rich week. Just take a moment and do that now. Just invite him in and invite him to even be present right now in this moment. And as you do that, you can allow the words of this song to wash over you.
2: is pro
0: same way that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did. Uh, He was not only awestruck before God's incredible holiness, he was amazed at God's love and his care and his concern for every human being on this earth, black or white, any color, rich or poor, any tribe. God cared for people and they didn't have to be perfect people and he still cared for them and gave his life for them. And as you know, Dr. King dedicated himself to sharing that vision with the world and working to make this a world that reflected more the heart of that great God. We could not be celebrating a national holiday uh, more timely than this one we're gonna observe tomorrow as we remember Dr. King. Uh, Because this is a time, I think all of us get this, when we need to have our vision raised to the heart of God and to be moved to pursue not only greater justice, but the camaraderie, the companionship, the family that we are as the people of this earth. Uh, One of the things that is less known about Dr. King, however, is what an extraordinarily generous man he was. Uh, And as we prepare in just a moment to give our offerings to the Lord's work, uh, I just wanna pause and, and talk about that for a minute. Uh, Dr. King had this sense that that money was a very powerful tool, but that one of its greatest dangers was, and I'm quoting him here, it could focus us on on thinking that life is about making a living instead of making a real life with a capital L. And uh, that same thought he derived really from the scriptures themselves, because the Apostle Paul uh, says this in one of his letters to his protege, Timothy. He said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain. How true that is, right? The stock market goes up and down. Our personal income goes up and down. Our job situation goes up and down. And if that's where our real hope is, if that's where our real confidence is, then boy, we're, we're in trouble. But Paul goes on and says, Tell people to put their hope in God, who is constant. A God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Dr. King didn't just believe in those words, he lived those words. Uh, he was an enormously generous guy in his actual practices. And it's a little known fact that in 1964, when he won the Nobel Peace Prize and was awarded a massive amount of, of money as a result of that for that period of time, Dr. King chose to give the money away. He reinvested uh, those uh, winnings as they were uh, into the cause of pursuing uh, more opportunity for other people. And Dr. King once said that the most pressing issue always for every single one of us is, what are we doing for others? This of course was Jesus's question too. How are we loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves? As we come to this time of worship, I wanna invite you to join with me and the others who are around you today in offering to God something that advances the cause of love in this world, a life-changing kind of love. And when you invest, In the ministry of the local church, that's what you're doing. You're helping to fund ministries that shape moral vision and human character and raise up the kind of leaders that our world needs. You're investing in mission that is impacting the lives of tens of thousands of people around the corner and around the world through our mission partners. Whether you choose to do this by giving online, and we've given you some instructions there on the screen as to how you can go ahead and do that, or the old-fashioned way by writing a check and sending it into the church or dropping it into one of the offering boxes at either of our campuses, or whether you who are here in person today might choose to use the basket on your way out. doesn't matter. What matters most is that we too have caught a glimpse of the goodness and the greatness of our God and want to be part of his loving work in this world. And so as... uh, we continue to raise our voices to God in praise. Now, let's further worship God as we give our tithes and our offerings. And all the earth will
2: shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will say, "Great." Ah,
1: Sing that together, all the earth.
2: All the earth will shout your oh, praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will say, they are
0: And be seated if you're in the house. I just want to give a shout out today, especially to those of you who are newer in the life of our church, or maybe here very for the very first time today. Uh, it, it takes a, a venture of faith, in a sense, to enter into a new experience like a worship service online, or to come into a building, a, a church that you've never been connected with before. And we just want to honor that you have responded to some stirring of God in your heart to come and be with us. And we just would love to get to know you. And uh, we have provided online an opportunity to do that. You can find some access information for, uh, to do it by text or to do it by going to a web page. But we would love to know a little bit more about you uh, so that we can serve you better if you're interested in support and encouragement on the journey to come. Uh, that would be easy for you to do, or you can just check in with one of the chat hosts and let them know about you, and we will follow up as you may desire. We won't press you if that's not your desire, but we would love to let you know how eager we are to let you feel how loved you are by this church family. Uh, Some of you are um, perhaps ready to take a little step further than that, and we've provided a ministry now once a month we call Meet the Pastor that is just for this purpose. Uh, It is going to take place today following this service at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. If you follow the instructions that you see on screen uh, or go to our website, you can be part of a Zoom conversation that I am going to be hosting uh, to just talk a little bit about what our church is really committed to, to answer questions that you may have, and to share a little bit more of my own uh, faith story in the hopes that that's going to make it easier uh, for you to share your story. you also meet some of the other staff of our church. It's a great time. Uh, join us today on Zoom at 1 o'clock uh, for Meet the Pastor. Uh, I also want you to know that there are some probably ready to go a step even beyond that. Some of you have been around church for a while and you think, you know, I think this is the community of faith that I want to do my life with. And we are uh, a community that believes in sharing life together and walking the path of discipleship with one another. And so we have an experience we call Journey With Us that helps people actually enter into the formal membership of Christ Church. And the first of the four-part series of of online courses that we do for that, uh, it starts up next week and you can register again using the key that you see on your screen or just speak to one of us here in our in-person setting. If you're interested in that, we can help link you to that opportunity. Uh, You'll learn about our beliefs, our history, our values, and how you can personally be engaged uh, in the growth pathways and the service opportunities of our church's life uh, and help further the movement of grace and love that God is doing through uh, Christ Church. So we wanna invite you to take advantage of that. And as always, just to keep on checking our website, uh, where we provide all kinds of uh, updates. Uh, we have an, an e-news, a weekly uh, email update that can connect you with all the different ministries going on. Uh, we we tre- treasure your partnership as we journey together as a church. Last thing I want to say is that uh, we are really aware that we're living in one of those you-can't-believe-it times of history. And if ever there was a moment when when we know that going before God to find His power and not just relying on our own ingenuity and our own energy is needed. If ever there was a moment like that, we know this is the time. And so for that reason, we have been sponsoring these online uh, prayer gatherings over the last week or so, and have decided to keep it going through this month. And so each Sunday at 12.15 in the afternoon, we're going to have just a 30-minute time of fellowship online. Again, you can find the Zoom information available to you uh, right there on the screen and on our website. And you can be part of just this gathering of fellow believers who are lifting before God the needs of our country, of our communities, and even of our own souls uh, during this time. And at 1215 today, Eric Camfield, pastor of our Butterfield campus, is going to be hosting that particular uh, gathering and we would be just so thrilled to have you come and be part of this special time of prayer. And if you can't do it today, uh, just know, Uh, that there will be opportunities over the next couple Sundays also. Well, we began last week a a new series that we're calling, Where Do We Go From Here? Actually, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had a book by that name uh, as well. But we're focusing in on what God had to say to the people of Israel during the time of Joshua. And I began that series last week uh, with the first installment. I'm coming back next week uh, to give you the third installment. But today, you're gonna hear an incredible message from Sue Ann Camfield. Sue is one of the uh, teaching team members of our church and has a terrific message from God's word for all of us. We had intended, uh, for those of us in person uh, here today, to have Sue standing right where I am right now But as I said, we're living in one of those you can't make this stuff up seasons of life. And so a new wrinkle took place this week. Uh, Several members of our Butterfield campus uh, staff were exposed to COVID. And so they are quarantining themselves. We have actually closed down our weekend service and our weekday activities uh, and next weekend's in-person service at our Butterfield campus just to be careful and to make sure that as many people as possible are safe. Uh, And because Sue Ann is married to the campus pastor of Butterfield uh, and we trust they've been in close enough contact over the past week, we just felt that out of an abundance of caution we should not uh, put her here on the platform today. But we did pre-record her message and I've had a chance to hear it already and it is powerful. So I want to invite you to get ready to hear the next installment and where do we go from here. But as you prepare to do that, we want to give those of us who are here in person today the chance to look around and remember we're not alone in this. And give a wave, a shout out uh, to those who are here with you in worship. And if you're at home, give a hug to somebody nearby or maybe text somebody or check in on the chat line. Uh, Let's remember we are a community of faith And in just a moment, Sue Ann will be back uh, to lead us further in the study of God's word. Thank you.
3: Good morning, church. It is so great to be with you this morning, even though maybe it's not exactly what we thought it might be. It's not exactly what we planned But it's always so good to just enter this sacred space together and to worship our God and spend just a few moments reflecting on God's word and asking what he might have for us this morning. And so that's what I'm going to invite you to do with me this morning. So this morning, we are continuing our sermon series that Dan kicked off for us last week, where we are asking ourselves as we enter 2021, where do we go from here? What might it look like for us as God's people, as His church, to thrive in 2021? Not thrive in the way that the world might define thriving, but in a way that calls us to a higher way of life, in a way that calls us into this Jesus kingdom way of life as a community in which we somehow block out the noise and the confusion and the challenges and the obstacles that are swirling all around us. And we focus. We set our minds on the character of a good and holy God, and we faithfully follow the path he has set before us. We are going to use the story of Joshua to frame our thinking this morning. And so if you have a Bible or want to open a Bible app on your phone and go to Joshua chapter 1, we're going to get there in just a few minutes. So over the holidays, uh, Eric and I and our two kiddos, we packed up the car and we drove out to Pennsylvania to visit my family. I'm the youngest of four and my siblings and I, we all jumped on a Zoom call and we decided that we would all quarantine the week leading up to Christmas to make sure that we could safely gather together. And when we got together, we decided to spend as much time outdoors as we possibly could. And so one day we were uh, on a hike together, and and um, I have about ten nieces and nephews, along with uh, all of my siblings. And so you can imagine there was quite a crew of us traipsing through the woods. And along the way, my sister in law decided to start playing this little game with the kids to test their survival skills. And so she started throwing out all of these scenarios. And one of the survival skills she wanted to make sure they knew was that no matter what happened, no matter where they were, no matter if they got lost at some point along the journey, if someone got hurt, if catastrophe struck, if something looked really tempting that was off the path, no matter what happened, survival tip 101 was to always stay on the trail. Because if someone came looking for you at some point, guess where they would find you? If you stayed in the way that you were supposed to go, they would find you on the trail. And so my sister-in-law decided to have some fun with this, and she started throwing out all kinds of scenarios to the kids, these crazy, outrageous scenarios about what they would do if something happened. And the teenagers, they kind of stopped paying attention. But my, my youngest niece, Erin, she's nine years old. She's so cute. I wish I could show you a picture of her. She was really into it. And so as we walked, and as my sister-in-law continued to throw out these scenarios, these what-if scenarios, I could hear little Erin's voice along the path, this small, little, mighty voice. In obedience to her mom's teaching, in response to every what if scenario, she would say the same response that her mom had taught her to say What if, what if, what if? And she would say, You stay on the trail, you stay on the trail. And there was this one point where we were pretty high up on this hill and across the way, we could see a highway. There was a road with cars moving up and down and my sister-in-law says, "Aaron, she was kind of tricky. It was kind of a mean parenting moment, but she said, "Aaron, but what if? What if something goes terribly wrong and you don't know what to do and you, you, you look along the way, and you see this road, and you think there's no other good way forward, and so you see the cars, and you see the people, and you think, maybe there actually is a better way. Maybe there is. And I could see Erin's little face. I could see her mind turning. I could see her wrestling with what her mom taught her and what was right before her. And I could see her mom's words just kind of repeating themselves in her mind. And after a little bit of thought, she finally looked her mom in the eye and she said, Mom, I know what I would do. I would stay on the trail. And my sister-in-law, and this was my favorite part of the whole thing, my sister-in-law is a very wise parent. She looked at Aaron and she said, "Aaron, I'm so proud of you. That's, That's such a good answer. And she said, um, Aaron, why that is so wise is because what you can't see that I can see, because we had a little better vantage point, we're a little higher up on the hill. She said, you see, I can see that when you get off the trail that there's actually a pretty steep drop-off, and there are some boulders at the bottom of that drop-off. And, and when you try to cross the river, there's an icy river, and then there's a steep climb up the other side. And she said, the truth is, Aaron, had you chosen to go that way, you probably never would have found your way home. And you know, God kept bringing that story to my mind as I was preparing for our time together this morning, and the words of Proverbs kept running through my head that there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. And then in the words of the psalmist, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Friends, I want you to hold this image in your mind. I want you to carry it with you as we enter the story of Joshua together. We actually first meet Joshua in Numbers chapter 13. The people of Israel, under the leadership of Moses, are on the precipice of the promised land for the first time. Now, they had never actually been in the promised land. They didn't know what lay ahead. It was a completely unknown and foreign land to them. And so the Lord says to Moses, he says, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, the promised land, which I am giving to the Israelites From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses, he did what God said, and he sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites, and these are their names. And the scripture goes on to list the names of the men who were the leaders of each of their tribes. And one of those men's name was Caleb we will come up in the story later again. And then in verse 8, we see from the tribe of Ephraim, Hosea, son of Nun, a man whom Moses will let, later name Joshua, which means God saves. And so Moses does as the Lord says, he sends the spies into the land so they could bring back a report of what the unknown territory looked like. And Moses says, find out what it's like. Find out about the people. Are they are they big? Are they strong? How many of them are there? Find about the land. Find about the the soil. Is it fertile? What kind of trees grow? Do they bear fruit? So the men go into the land, and they come back, and they say to Moses, the land is good. It flows with milk and honey, just as the Lord said. But the people there, the people, they're so big, and they're so powerful, and their city is so strong. We look like grasshoppers next to them. They say, Moses, there is no possible way we can thrive, and the land God has set before us. And so the people, they start to grumble and they start to complain and they mount this rebellion against their leaders and they say, you were wrong and God was wrong. So let's go back to what we knew before. Let's go back to a land where we were actually enslaved because at least there we knew what to expect. But Joshua and Caleb, you see, they rise up among the people. They rise up among the voices and the noise and the confusion. And they refuse to listen to the noises that threaten to take them off the path that God has laid before them. And instead... They choose to set their minds, not on earthly things, but on things above. They set their minds on who God is and the history of the promises that God has fulfilled to his people time and time and time again. And they choose to believe against all odds that what God told them was actually true. That he was actually going to lead them into the life he had promised them. Now, all kinds of things happen between Numbers 13 and Joshua chapter 1, and we are definitely not going to cover all of that ground this morning, but we see when we come to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses makes one final push, his farewell speech, if you will, to the people, and he gathers the people of Israel, and he says to them, he says, listen, Listen, see if these words sound a little familiar to you. He says, "Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of the enemy, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Moses, he summons Joshua. And he puts Joshua before the people, and he says to Joshua in the presence of all of Israel, he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous, for you must go with your people into the land that God swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then just a few minutes later, we see the Lord turns to Joshua and he gives them this command again. He says, be strong and courageous for you will bring the Israelites into the land. I promised them on oath and I myself will be with you. God says, Joshua, stay on the path and Moses he lays his hands on Joshua and the scripture tells us that Joshua is filled with the spirit of wisdom and so when we open the pages of Joshua chapter 1 this is the backstory and now we see that Moses has passed away and Joshua is preparing to lead the people into the promised land And the Lord, once again, turns to Joshua and he says it again. Are you getting the picture? He repeats his word over Joshua over and over again. And he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into the land. And then he says, be strong, be very courageous. And then the Lord does something here. The Lord not only reminds Joshua that he is with him and that he is for him and that he will lead him, but he leans in and he says, Joshua, also be careful to obey the law that my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, I want to zoom out for a minute because we may be tempted to get to this piece of the scripture and read these words, prosperous and successful, And say, what does this mean? Is this this idea that if we do the right thing, if we're somehow good people, if we cross all our T's and dot all our I's and do what the Lord says, that somehow God will bless us because of what we have done. And I'm here to tell you today, that's bad theology, I wish we had time to go into it more, but that is not what the Lord is saying to Joshua. There's a couple of things that are important to remember as we enter this scripture, that God had a specific task he needed Joshua to complete. And it was huge. We're going to hear more about it in the weeks to come, but. He had to cross the Jordan River. He had to defeat the enemies on the other side. He had to divide up the land in a way that made sense for the people of Israel. And oh, by the way, he had to lead people. And if you've ever had to lead people or you are a person that has had to be led, you know that we are not always the easiest people to lead. And so Part of God's instructions to Joshua were instructions to make him successful at this very specific task that God had set before him. If you are a teacher, and if you are a teacher here today, God bless you for what you are doing, but if you are a teacher and you want your students to be successful You have to instruct them on how to make that happen. You have to tell them to show up to class, do your homework, study for the test, and then what? You'll be successful. You'll get good grades. And so that's part of what is going on here. God is giving Joshua a plan that is going to help him stay on the path and achieve his purposes that God has laid out for him. So that's a piece of it, but there is so much more going on in this story. You see, the law for the people of Israel, in the most narrow of sense, is the Ten Commandments. It is that long list of thou shalt not that God gave to Moses. That is what the law is, but if we only boil the law down, to a list of do's and don'ts, we have missed out on this higher way of life that God has called us to. We have missed out on what it really means to stay on the path. Earlier this fall, I was sitting with my son, um, Clay, at the kitchen table as he was remote learning. And he was working on a project for his woods class. And it was this kit with all of these pieces and with this instruction booklet that didn't make a lot of sense. And there were, there were just random wooden pieces all over my kitchen table. And, and Clay started to get really frustrated with the project. And he said, Mom, I, I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up this project on Google. And I'm just going to take a screenshot of a completed project and I'm going to send it to my teacher and I'm going to say, look, this is what I did. And I said, Clayton James Campfield, are you kidding me? You will absolutely not follow that plan because your father and I have taught you So much better. We have been telling you to stay on the path, and this is not the path that we have laid out before you. And Clay, he kind of laughed and he said, You know, mom, why can't sometimes you and dad just let me take the easy way out? Why can't you just let me take a shortcut? Why can't you let me just bend the truth a little bit? Why, Why do I always have to do the right thing? Why are you always pushing me to be better? And we know the answer to that. If you are a parent, if you love someone, you know the answer to that. It's because of love. We love him too much to let him settle for something that is not best for him. So when we look at the law and we look at the plans that God has laid out for his people, we see that it really was about this framework It was this canvas on which the larger story of God's redemption would begin to play out in which God would invite his people into a relationship with him. He would ask them to set their minds on some gracious and loving boundaries so that when the culture around them was looking to every other thing to show them what to think, what to believe, how to be in relationship with one another, the world could look to the covenant people of God and they could say there's something different about the way those people move through life. I wonder why that is. I wonder who their God is. I wonder what he is like. I wonder what it's like to be part of that way of life. God also set these gracious and loving boundaries in an act of mercy and grace so that when people got off the path, And they would. We see it throughout the pages of Scripture. God's people get off the path time and time and time again. But God in His goodness and His grace, He sets out these boundaries so that they would have a way to get back on the trail and find their way home. You see, the law, God's way of life, was an invitation into a way of life so that no matter how hard things got, no matter how uncertain the road was ahead, no matter how big the obstacles seemed, the people knew there was this way of life with a god who went behind them, and who was with them, and who went ahead of them into a land that was scary and unknown, and he was good, and he was merciful, and he was just, and he was faithful, and he was a God who kept his promises. He kept lighting the path the people. He kept inviting them to stay on the path, and he would do this long past the days of Joshua. Because you see, when we open the pages of the New Testament, we see in the gospel of John that the word that God told Joshua to dwell upon, the word that God told Joshua to meditate on day and night, to not depart from the left or to the right, We will see in the gospel of John that that word became flesh. And that word dwelt among his people and his name was Jesus. And in him was life and that light was the light of all mankind. It was the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness would never overcome it. The darkness would never overcome the path that God set out for his people. Friends, if you are here with us this morning and you're not sure exactly um, what this book is all about, what the path is that God lays out in these pages, what I can tell you this morning is I, I first met the God in the pages of these books as a sophomore in college, as I sat on my dorm room bed, and God invited me to be part of His story and What I found out during that time is this book it was not some academic textbook it was not some work of history. It was not this list of "do's and don'ts" from a God that was just waiting to punish us, when we got off the path, when we made mistakes. It was not just some moralistic playbook featuring a really good teacher who encourages us to be better people, to be nicer to one another. In the pages of this book is an invitation. It's an invitation into a love story in which the creator of the universe stands high on a hill and he sees what we can't see. He sees the road ahead And he sees the dangerous drop off, and he sees the icy river, and he sees the big boulders, and he sees the steep climb to the other side. And he grabs us by the face, and he takes us by the hand, and he says, Come, come with me, come with me into the pages of this book. Be strong, be courageous because I am with you, and I am for you. My child, my beloved, when it looks like there are all kinds of other ways that will lead you in this life, just stay on the trail, walk with me, get to know me, learn from my ways, and stay on the trail. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge me. I promise you, I will make your paths straight. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but instead, trust the power of the Holy Spirit through the pages of this book to transform, to renew your mind into a new way of life. Friends, God invites us today. He says, obey my word. Sit with it. Meditate on it. Let it be the thing that lights your path in the midst of the darkness. And I promise you, says God, I promise you, I will always lead you home. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are faithful. You are so faithful to always show us the way. And so, Father, we pray this morning that no matter where we are on this journey with you, no matter where we find ourselves on the path, that we will accept this invitation to know you more through the pages of your word. Help us to obey your commands, Lord, and lead us into the life everlasting, we pray. Amen.
1: So uh, let's just take a moment and respond to these words that we've heard. Sing with us if you like. Sing with you
2: Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Your Word, every breath you could ever breathe Yeah. <laughs>
1: of our foundation, God's love. Just let your heart sing it out, I will build.
2: Be...
0: incredible joy to be in worship today. I hope that there has been something God has been stirring in you as we've been together. Uh, Maybe it was something in the message that Sue Ann just gave as well. Perhaps you've had a chance to think about, where am I on this trail? What is my faith journey right now? What is the next step? Maybe you just had a good reminder today of what you already know, that you're on the right path and you've redoubled your commitment today to stay on the trail. Maybe you found yourself aware that you're in a very different place, that there was a time when you were walking that trail, but you got tired. And who of us has not gotten tired at some point during this past year? Maybe you sat down. Uh, Maybe you found a stump someplace or a log somewhere. You just stopped in your journeying on the trail. And perhaps this morning you heard God stirring by a spirit saying, get up now, (laughs) take my hand and let's go on together. Or perhaps you're standing at the trailhead. You don't even know um, where to get onto the pathway and, and you're looking for some guidance for that. Or maybe you've wandered so far off the trail, you're down in the ravine, you're in the river, you're struggling up the hill and you need to know that somewhere out there is a search and rescue team that cares about you. Wherever you happen to be, we're your church. We're your church family. We're the community of faith that is committed to you on this journey. And if we can help you find that next step, we wanna do it. All you need to do is to reach out, let us know of your interest, speak to one of us, Uh, Contact us here at the church and we will respond and help you find that next creative step in your life. As we prepare to go today, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. We're going to do this one in unison. We've put together this wonderful little card for this series. Uh, It is a uh, passage of scripture from the book of Joshua and a little prayer that we invite us as a whole community of faith to be offering, to be reading and offering together throughout this month. And today I just wanna have us close our service by reading together this prayer for 2021. Would you join with me? Lord Jesus, we ask that we may be strong and courageous by the power of your spirit. Lord, in asking this, We know it is our responsibility to open up our hearts and minds to your transforming grace by the truth of your word. In our lives, Lord, may fear and discouragement be displaced by trust in you and love in action by the grace of your transforming presence. And all God's people pray, amen. Beloved, go forth in hope, be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, knowing that he who is goodness himself is always holding on to you. And may the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, be upon you and hold you fast until we meet again and forevermore. Amen.